0: Hey, Sun Life Church. Uh, It's Darren and uh, Pastor Caleb, and we're here to jump into some more questions. Yes. From our "It's Complicated" series, Uh, we had a lot come in. Yeah, which is a which is a cool thing. Yep. And uh, I know you know both of us like to talk, and uh, we (laughs) could have easily spent hours on stage talking about these things because they're so valuable and it's it's worth talking about.
1: Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. It's worth talking about. These are real questions from. People in our community, people in our church family um, wrestling with that, you know, that that age old challenge of like, how do we apply the ideals and the truths of Scripture, God's standard for us yeah. to the reality of our broken lives? And um, I mean, that that is the the journey of a of a Christ follower. Right. It's like, how do I live up to Christ's standard? Yep. Thankfully, through his grace, mm-hmm. his cross, um, we don't have to be perfect at it but he does call us to flourish yeah. by living as close to that standard and growing towards that standard as much as possible. So, yeah. and I, and I love that,
0: you know, we, we went there Yeah, you know, I think that's huge. I think the church should be a place where we have these conversations, where we spend the time talking about them, where people feel safe
1: oh, to yeah. ask them.
0: And uh, I know that was some of the feedback that we got just, you know, from yesterday yeah. uh, was that they were many people appreciated us going there, having this conversation and allowing them to ask the questions.
1: Yeah, it's kind of a funny dynamic, isn't it? Because in our culture, it's like there's nothing off limits as far as like entertainment content. Like it doesn't matter how inappropriate. Do whatever you want, however
0: you want, whenever you want. Yeah,
1: yeah. but it's never been less safe to actually be vulnerable. Yep. To actually be real about what's going on in my life. Yeah. Um, Social media is a great example of that. Yeah. Put
0: that perfect picture out in front. (laughs)
1: Don't don't look behind it. Yeah. Just feel intimidated by everyone else's perfect pictures and not know what's going on in their lives. So. I think as a church, um, you know, what we did on Sunday is really representative of what we try to do in our growth groups, of having open, honest conversations, Mm -hmm. being okay with our brokenness, and at the same time, striving towards Jesus's ideal Mm -hmm. of flourishing for our lives. Um, And it's also representative of of the kind of culture that I think the church is meant to have, where broken people can come. And Jesus isn't, he's not disgusted. Yep. He's not shocked. He said, hey, this is this is why I came, mm-hmm. so that we can all bring our brokenness to him. I, these questions really represent that to me, I think.
0: Yeah, you know, and, and not staying in that place of complicated, you know, or staying in that place of complicated, not in a place of complacency. Yes. You know, it's, it's easy good. for us to be there. And so I, I want to jump into our our first questions. We're going to do it similar to what we did on Sunday, kind of subsections uh, of the, the four uh, topics that we talked about in uh, for those of you who sent questions that didn't quite fit into uh the subsections that we talked through, there were great questions. And so if if you didn't get your question answered today or on Sunday, we encourage you to, to reach out to a pastor, reach out to Caleb or myself, uh, you know, and and talk about it. So yeah. some, some of the questions that have names to them, yeah. um, you know, so some theological questions that were good. Yeah. But we want to we want to reserve this time and this space to address the questions that that really deal with it's complicated theory.
1: Yeah. I mean, I love, I mean, you and I could sit here and nerd out about answering yeah. <laughs> various theology questions, but I think for the sake of those who are trying to specifically hear about these topics, we're going to mm-hmm. stick with those today. Yeah.
0: And so our first one uh, under the marriage subheading we have is, is this, is what should happen if one partner no longer has interest in sex? Coming, jumping right in the
1: deep end. I know. I know. <laughs> um, and you know what is interesting? Having done a fair amount of, of marriage counseling, this is not an uncommon challenge that couples face for different reasons at different seasons in their marriage. Yeah. Um, and it can be a really painful one. I think uh, it's it's pretty well known that in most marriage couples, one one partner will have more interest in sex than the other. Yeah. It's not the way it's conveyed through our popular culture, but it's the reality. And um, so, at different seasons, one one person can be feeling neglected and unwanted, and yeah. and like they're not experiencing the intimacy they hoped for, while the other person is totally satisfied, or even feels like, "Hey, can you just like leave me alone?" Yeah,
0: one is that's biological as well. I mean, yes. it's, it's totally, you know, the, the, the sex drive of of, of adults it, it does right. vary throughout their ages very and true. times.
1: Absolutely. I, I do think that's why Paul actually addresses it. We talked a lot about 1 Corinthians 7, haven't Dude, we? That's right there. <laughs> yeah, and he he addresses this very clearly. Uh, 1 Corinthians 7, 3 and 4. The we'll read the verse and then we'll apply it. But yeah. he says the husband should fulfill his wife's sexual needs, and the wife should fulfill her husband's needs. The wife gives authority over her body to her husband, and the husband gives authority over his body his wife. Mm -hmm. now man, that is a, uh, feels like a charged statement in today's culture. Uh, you know, and clearly if you only hear the half of this verse that benefits you, yep, it can be used for abuse. Yeah.
0: That that word authority can definitely run, run the, run the wrong direction real quick.
1: Yeah. I'm sure that this verse has been half quoted Mm. way too many times in history to get what I want out of it. Right. Unfortunately. Um, and I, I would want husbands, um, to hear, it's your responsibility to meet your wife's sexual needs, mm-hmm. whatever those those are, whether they're emotional, whether they're physical, whether they're less than yours or more than yours. That you are to steward yeah. your wife's sexual appetite, your wife's yeah. sexual needs, your wife's emotional needs that are closely related. Yeah. Um, and then for for women to hear that sex is not just some kind of uh, you know maniacal or hormonal thing that a guy wants, it actually is an important piece to a healthy, intimate marriage relationship. Yeah. And that we want to work together to, you know, Darren, I've heard you say, I think before, you know, marriage is not a 50-50, it's a 100%, a 100%. Yeah.
0: both of you, pulling up to the table with everything.
1: Yeah, and I think that's an important thing, obviously, in every area of the relationship, but also sexually, just realizing that you giving 100% to to serve your partner. Yeah is different than the same hundred percent that they're giving to serve you because the needs are different. Yeah. Right. And I would want in this couple for them to think about what does that look like? What does that look like for them to do their very best mm-hmm. to serve their partner's needs yep. Uh, sexually? Yep. You know,
0: you know, and that's why I love, you know, in premarital counseling and marital counseling. I love the, the five love language languages. It's good. They really apply to, you know, how do you love that your spouse, you know, your significant other well, yeah and you know that's it's beyond just physical right yeah. we we need all of those things in in the five love languages yep you know physical touch words of affirmation um you know giving of gifts you know quality time all those things we need all of those but those are each one of those is a different way that i feel loved the most and you know i want to make sure that i'm doing that for my wife yeah the things that she desires and needs and out of that you know love happens blossoms and mm-hmm. it's sometimes in a physical way sometimes it's not you know and yeah, uh, it's it's a deeper intimacy. And I love that the way you said that, you know, yeah. how do I serve my spouse? Yeah, and love them well. And so
1: and I think that that goes as long as your um marriage continues and your physical bodies are capable, which yeah. is just a reality of age. That sometimes that is a limitation, but that that you uh, you want to celebrate the soul level intimacy that God has given you mm-hmm. through sexual intimacy. Yeah. You want to represent the image of God Um, in humanity, desiring God wanting to be one with us and marriage being a picture of that. You want to celebrate that as long as you can. It's an interesting thing in the history of the Catholic Church. For a long time, um, the Catholic Church believed that um, sex was only for procreation, that even in marriage, you could only have sex if you were trying to have children. So what does that do after you hit a certain age where children are no longer possible, right? Um, and they actually revisited that issue and came, came out on the other side centuries later saying, you no, know, sex has incredible theological value mm-hmm. just for the sake of intimacy in the marriage as it represents intimacy between God and his people. So I think that's something we're fighting for. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Which I think,
0: you know, just that, that comment, you know, really segues us to that, this next question we have in our marriage uh, subsection is we talked about how sex was made for marriage. In making children, right? Mm-hmm. That is, yeah, that, is yeah. a, that is what yeah. ultimately sex does. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It, the the call by God to be fruitful and multiply uh, is implied that you are going to be having sex. Um, but in, the question is, is it responsible then to use birth control when a couple has decided not to have more children?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think you could stop and say, you know, it's fair for that question to be shortened to is it responsible to use birth control at all? Yes. When you recognize the significance of um the role sex plays in procreation and mm-hmm. God's plan. And and it's a really good question. And like so many really good questions, there's not I don't I don't think that there's one easy answer. Yeah. Um I I do think we should be aware in our culture that we have made sex all about our own convenience and pleasure. Mm-hmm. And that has often resulted in detrimental things. For instance, yeah. Um, we have as a culture often advertised sold and used forms of birth control that are actually damaging long term to women yeah because we were in such a hurry to be able to have sex when and where we want without any results yep. or any any um implications mm-hmm. that we were willing to put our own bodies and health at risk yep. right and that's still true today mm-hmm. to 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 a lot of degrees depending on the birth control so i think one thing is you need to really study and understand what the implications of that birth control are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's other cases where the birth control basically made it so women could never have children, but they didn't know that up front. Yeah. I think we also live in an era where abortion, um, has been popularized mm-hmm. and that is representative of us wanting sex without results or without complications, consequence. without consequence. consequences. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and, and some of that stems from us not seeing parenting or children as the blessing that they are, mm-hmm. regardless of how they've come to us. Yeah. And I, I want to be careful because y- y- a lot of women who have been through abortions or have, have wrestled with different birth control have felt forced into that. Yeah. Um, often at the hands of men who didn't want the consequences, right? Yeah. So uh, there's no shame there. That's not my intention other than to say birth control often is simply used to avoid anything difficult in relation to sexual pleasure. Yeah. Um, And we have to understand that's not the way sex is meant to be viewed. There is a cost. There is a value. There is a price. And that is a worthy price to pay when you're trying Mm. to build intimacy in a relationship. Right. And when you are trying to build a family and be part of God's Mm -hmm. plan in that way. Um, But I think that there can be different reasons Mm. to use birth control. I think that there are different seasons of life where maybe birth control is really appropriate and actually healthy for an individual or a family. Um, so I would just encourage Christians to really make it a matter of personal prayer, yep. of biblical study. Yep. And, and kind of like uh, th- there's, you know, the Apostle Paul mentions different issues that came down to personal conviction. I think this could be one of those issues. Um, but I would lean towards... Christians should be wary of using birth control too quickly mm-hmm. um, or too lightly. Yeah. I think we sometimes neglect some of the other significant elements of life that God wants us to take responsibility for if we just jump too quickly. Like, oh, that seems quick and easy. Let's do that. Yeah, We should always be a little suspicious of that. Yeah. Of like anything that we do because it's quick and easy, mm-hmm. we should be suspicious. Yeah,
0: um, but, and also too, just kind of what we, what we talked about of how— how much of a blessing it is to raise children, right? How that is a ministry. Absolutely. And, you know, we're never ready to have kids ever <laughs> as much as you try. I yeah. know that, you you know, you can make the plans, you can do all this stuff and you're never quite there. Right. Uh, thankfully God equips us and walks Absolutely. with us. Absolutely. But, you know, when it comes to it, I, lo- I love what you said. We need to prayerfully consider birth control, but also prayer- prayerfully consider being a parent. Yes. You know, that's why yeah. it's so important uh, in this conversation and, you know why sex was is reserved for the marriage relationship because mm-hmm. there is so much depth to it. Yeah, there, the consequences are real. It creates life, which yeah. God created called us to be to partner with Him in. Yeah, and uh, that's why it's, it's you know culture and the enemy has tried to yeah. belittle it, right? Yeah. And to say it's just a physical act or it's just right. it, you know this one thing, and so there's there's that very very great much gray area there. Yeah. Yeah. I think
1: if I would have known what I know now, um, Jeanette and I probably would have uh, probably made different choices with birth control than we did. Mm -hmm. We also had a really negative experience with some birth control that, that for a short time Jeanette used and it was really detrimental to her. Mm -hmm. Um, And we've also seen the results of like being parents and looking back, if I could tell young Caleb, um something i'd be like hey caleb don't be so in love with your independence that you're afraid of children because the long-term benefit is actually incredible yeah it's incredible and i wish that um i would have somebody would have said that Mm -hmm. because mostly i'd heard the cultural message of like man kids are really gonna like you're gonna lose your independence you're never (laughs) gonna have fun again it's never the same it's gonna cost you tons of money it's gonna all those things, and and there's obviously there's some reality. It's it's a responsibility. Yeah. But looking back now, I'm like, man, why was I afraid of this? This has been one of the best things that's ever happened to me. Even though yeah. when when we got pregnant with our first, it was not at the time or season in life we thought we wanted. Yeah. You know. But God knows.
0: Yeah. And, think, and He can be trusted. Yeah. I think continually celebrating, you know, just parenting, celebrating this. Um, yeah. So that we can step up in this society to do. Yeah. Um, that we all can be a part of, whether you've had kids, haven't had kids, um, you know, wherever you're at in the, in the the process or that that area, celebrating parenting, celebrating parenthood, encourage the parents around you. That's kind of yeah, one of the things that we talked about in the parenting message. Yeah. Um, so we're kind of tying those two together, marriage and yeah. parenting there.
1: It's probably good to say using birth control is not a sin. Yes. But we need, really need to be prayerful about the motives. And what does God want? Mm-hmm. Like, what does God want you to do? Yeah. Because we we way too quickly say, this is what I want for my life, and I'm going to control it with birth control, or I'm going to control it with abortion, or I'm going to control yeah. it with all these other areas of life that we try to control rather than trusting God yep. and being obedient to what we feel like His, His Holy Spirit is saying to us. Yeah,
0: battling our pride, our selfishness, oh, our ego, for constantly sure. and consistently. That's the walk of the Christian. Oh. That's, that's the lifelong journey. Um, totally. Yeah. And so let's move to our, our next question. Yep. Uh it it says this. Um, in a marriage, is it okay to not love to not love your spouse, to not only love your spouse, but have the same love for another person whom is deceased? Um, so this person's writing from a place they said, Um, my first great love died early in our relationship. Our love was was wonderful, uh, but I've never gotten over it. My love only grew greater. But after years, I met my husband and have a fruitful and beautiful life together my heart still aches for my first love i believe god knows my heart and knows my intention and i do pray for god's forgiveness is that okay by god question mark
1: yeah you know you just hear the heart behind some of these questions of you know the enemy loves to haunt us and make Mm -hmm. us feel guilty and ashamed yeah for things that i don't think the lord's looking down and shaking his head at us yeah um i think the lord's looking down and saying hey you know, you live in a broken world and I have a lot of mercy, a lot of grace. And I don't hear any, I honestly don't hear anything in this question that this person should feel like they need forgiveness for. Yeah. Um. I, I would say there's nothing wrong with cherishing the memory of mm-hmm. someone you committed your, you, you committed until death do us part. That's a yes. pretty significant thing. You obviously took it seriously. That's mm-hmm. beautiful. Um. Now, at the same time, we are not, as Christians, we don't live in the past. Yeah. And we put our pain and our guilt under the cross, yep. and allow Jesus to resurrect things in our lives. Mm-hmm. And in this case, He's resurrected your ability to love another, yeah. given mm-hmm. you another spouse, which mm-hmm. is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's something to be celebrated. It's it's interesting the capacity of a human being to love. Might be the yeah. only capacity a human has that is not limited. Yeah. Our mental capacity is limited. Our physical capacity is limited. So many other things in our lives are limited. But our ability to love yeah. is, I think, the only human capacity mm-hmm. that is unlimited. Like the God we're made in the image of.
0: Yeah. You know, I, th- I think, too, one of the, the things with this is, you know, the way I always say it is, is and the way I've heard it, is grief is the, the price of love. Right? When you love somebody that's and you good. lose somebody, you know, you, you, you grieve that. And so that that's natural. It's okay to, 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 to feel those feelings. Um, yeah. You know, as you mentioned though, we are people who move forward, right? Yep. Who move forward, who look back and see God's faithfulness, see yeah. the good things. We stand in the present uh, in mm-hmm. his grace and in his mercy. And then we look forward to the future and a hope of seeing loved ones again and seeing that. And so I don't, I don't want to take away from her heart because, you know, maybe the, 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 the part here is that they feel, you know, a little sad that they don't love that. You know, they have those feelings still. Yeah, it's okay. L- l- yeah, you know, we, people have a piece of our heart. Yep, and that's that's a, that's a good thing. And um, you know, I like you said, I don't think it's something you need to ask for forgiveness for. But um, think of ways how you
1: can love your spouse now. Yep. in a deeper way. You know? Yeah, that would be the key: is put your put your current energy into your current marriage. Yeah, but it doesn't mean you're not going to have feelings of sadness. Mm-hmm or even wonderful memories and cherished moments of the past yeah. that's part of a life story that's worth celebrating but put your energy into your current spouse that would be the yeah and it's, it sounds like that's happening here yeah exactly and and the danger
0: too with any, with any relation with anything in the past is we, as we get further and further removed is to look back and idolize something you know mm. or embellish something and so yeah. that could be a danger of the relationship. And so Absolutely. that's why it's important for us not to dwell there and yeah. important for us to dwell in the present.
1: That's really good. Um,
0: kind of moving forward here uh, from our marriage section to our sexuality section, we'll revisit a question here in a moment, but before we get there, um, just to kind of set the stage again uh, for us is the question is this people who are choosing a, a homosexual lifestyle say they are born this way. And if I don't accept that I am not loving them, how should I respond?
1: Yeah, this has been a real, this actual question has been a real battle between, I hate even saying this because I think it's a false dichotomy, but between the Christian community and the LGBT community. And, and unfortunately, we've gotten caught up in this question that I don't think ever should have been the issue. Yeah. Um, what I mean by that is this, we don't like the idea that someone could be born gay because the argument would be, God made me this way, mm-hmm. so I have every right to live it out. Yeah. But as Christians, if we know our scripture, if we know the biblical story, if we know what God has said about the human condition, we understand this, that we are all born yep. with sin and, and broken. broken. We're all, bro- we're all yeah. born broken. Yeah, we're yeah. all born. I mean, I, I there are things about me that are are naturally sinful and all of us should say that and and not only that but but it's clear that different personalities are drawn to different types of sin right different right. human beings have um, proclivities for different types of sin and it's an oversimplification but yeah. you know we would understand that like um, substance addiction mm-hmm. is is a sin the bible says don't don't be drunk yep. you know those kinds of things Uh, Don't misuse your your potential. But we also know it's a fact that people can be born with a more addictive personality. Predisposed. People are predisposed towards alcoholism, Mm -hmm. things like that. So would we say to somebody like that, well, you you were born that way. God wanted you to be that way. You might as well be an alcoholic. Abuse substances. We we wouldn't say that. Now, Mm -hmm. I... To someone who's sitting here listening to this and and they're feeling same-sex attracted, I understand this sounds this sounds hard because our culture has identified people by their sexual feelings. Yeah. Wow. But the other thing is, the Bible has told us we are not identified by our sexual feelings. Mm-hmm. We are identified by our the image in whom we are made. Yeah. We are made to be like God. Yep. And sexuality is meant to be expressed in certain ways. To reflect that image well. Mm-hmm. Um, and homosexuality actually goes against that that accurate reflection of God through sexuality. So from a Christian perspective, from a biblical perspective, um, homosexuality, I think, is something that can, people can be born with a proclivity towards. People can be born and grow up and as they experience the various mix of hormones and things like that, that all of a sudden... They are um, that they are, you know, feeling those feelings and that's legitimate. So I think one thing we should do as Christians and and help me out, Darren, if I'm missing some pieces here. One thing we we should do as Christians is stop arguing that we should say, man, that that makes sense. Like, I I understand that you are born that way. Mm -hmm. That is a huge burden that you bear. Yeah. Just like anyone else who's born with a natural draw to something that's not healthy for them. We should we should have compassion for that as yeah. Christians. What we should also do is say how can I walk with you to help you reflect God and flourish with your sexuality as much as possible in God's way yeah so I think we ask the wrong question when we're mm-hmm. saying are they really born that way? Um, now I, I don't think it's a genetic thing I don't think that yeah. there, you know there was a search for a gay gene for a while that, that is not there yeah um, so I don't think it's a genetic thing I think it's a spiritual thing. Yeah. And truly kind of,
0: you know, what you said, we are broken. Yeah. We've been broken since we were born. Yep. Um, You know, this wasn't God's design from the beginning. Sin has caused that brokenness. And uh, when it comes to, especially sin, you know, these sexual sins that we deal with. Yeah. um, You know, the enemy wants to counterfeit, right? He wants to counterfeit. He wants to corrupt. Yeah. Uh, He's what he's been doing from the beginning. Yeah. And um, he wants to attack right at the image of somebody who somebody is. Yeah. Right. He went to, he went to Eve and said, Hey, you you can be like God.
1: Yeah,
0: Eve was already like God. She was mm-hmm. made in His image.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, And
0: so he twisted what who she was in that moment, and ultimately that led to her her sinning and yeah. the sin that, yeah. that that came into the world. And the same thing happens today to us. Yep, consistently and constantly is is that. Yeah, and, um,
1: and if we looked closely, you know, Darren, the sins that you're drawn to might be you'd have a different variation of the sins that I'm drawn to. Yeah. I. I watch my children and I see, oh, there's some different temptations that they each succumb mm-hmm. to yeah. that the other ones don't, right? So I think that we shouldn't make—the Bible teaches us that homosexuality is one of many sexual sins. Yes. And that sexual sin is one of many kinds of sins. We shouldn't make that one mm-hmm. worse than the others. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we should recognize that we need to walk together in our brokenness mm-hmm. towards the flourishing God has in mind for
0: us. Yeah, And I, th- I think a lot of what the the problems really arise with homosexuality, the homosexual lifestyle is because it is a lifestyle because it does permeate everything that, yeah. that, that, uh, encompasses, the, uh, you know, their journey, their life. Yeah. And, you know, just like anybody who's different than me, yep. right. It's hard for me to understand. Yep. And so being in that place of, of not understanding and uh, hopefully doing what we're doing is having a conversation, you yeah. know, being in a place where I can love you regardless of our yeah. differences and we can pull to the table. We can have a conversation and we can wor- walk together and journey together and find Jesus together. Yeah. That's, that's the way it's supposed to be.
1: Yeah. And just realize what you're saying to someone um, who feels attracted to the same gender. You're essentially saying to them, um, you are not allowed to be sexually satisfied mm-hmm. and likely not allowed to find the same type of intimacy in a marriage. Mm-hmm. If you stick to your your what your feelings, if, if you continue to have these feelings, those feelings are gonna be unsatisfied the rest of your life, yeah. right? I mean, imagine if, I, I try to imagine like if somebody had told me as a young adult, like, um, yeah, you have the sex drive that you have, but you're never going to get to express that in any healthy way. Mm-hmm. And yes, you have a desire for companionship and partnership, but that goes against God. You should never get married, Yeah, right? That would be a heavy, heavy burden to bear. Mm -hmm. Um, In some ways, I bore that that for a season, right? Because I had the sex drive before I had a spouse. Mm -hmm. I had the desire for companionship before Mm -hmm. I had a marriage. But to bear that burden for a lifetime is often the case for someone who is um, is feeling same sex attracted, and and there's again there's a wide variety of what same sex attraction means yeah. and how it expresses itself. But to someone who says that, that's what what we're saying. Now again, there are a lot of sins people feel the burden of for a lo- for a lifetime. Yeah. Right. Um, but we shouldn't minimize it. We shouldn't minimize the burden that that bear that, that that involves.
0: Yeah. Which kind of leads us to our our next question here. The kind of follow up to that is. Uh, if I have a friend who is gay and is getting married soon, would it be unwise for me as a Christian to attend my friend's wedding?
1: Yeah, there's another complicated question, huh?
0: Yep, another complex one that, yeah. you know, involves a lot of moving pieces and a lot of relationships. You yeah, know?
1: Um, I, and I would say again, I kind of like we talked about with the birth control one, I don't think that there is one right answer. I think this is this needs to be a result of prayer and personal conviction. Um, I do appreciate the question because it's it's not simple. Yep. It's it's not an easy yes or no.
0: Definitely can tell they're wrestling. Yeah,
1: they're and, wrestling and I, I want to affirm this person for wrestling because mm-hmm. too many people would just say yes or no, and yep. why would you why would you even ask the question? Mm-hmm. Um, I think a couple things that that every Christian should consider is one, you're showing up. It's kind of like the you know in. in we don't do this very often anymore, but in the traditional weddings, they would say, you know, does anyone have any reason why this couple should not be wed? Yeah. Because everyone in the crowd is now or forever. Hold your peace. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and so there's a responsibility involved there, um, that you are implying your affirmation by being in attendance, Mm -hmm. um, in a Christian wedding. Now, I think you could say that's not the same for a court wedding. Yeah. You know, you could say, I'm not seeing this as a commitment between me, the people, and God. Yeah.
0: That's a distinction for sure.
1: Yeah. Um, I think another thing is, do they? Do, does the person or the couple know your convictions? Do they know that you really do love them, but that you your convictions don't support their choice to get married? Yeah. Because I think, you know, you might even be able to say, say to them like, hey, I really can't spiritually support the choice that you're making, but I do love you. So I want you to know I'm going to be at your wedding. Yeah. Not, not necessarily in support of this relationship commitment, but because I love you guys. Mm-hmm. I love you guys. I think that's maybe one way that you could approach that yeah. tough situation.
0: Yeah. I think too, you know, a hard part here too. And one of the, you know, something else you could parallel with it. This is, you know, a couple that is living together, a heterosexual couple that's living together before, Absolutely. you know, before marriage, yep. you know, that, you know, is uh, sexually active you know, those you should be wrestling with the same question when it comes to them as well. You know, why, why why are you getting married? What is the, you know, what, what is the value here? And, um, you know, I think that, you know, those are questions to ask and and to process. And, you know, for, I think with all weddings, if if it's going to be a wedding, you know, a Christian wedding, as you said, it's a valuable thing to to definitely process all the way through.
1: Absolutely. Um, I don't think that, Christian pastors should perform these types of weddings. Mm-hmm. Um, again, i'm not I'm not necessarily against uh, you know, we'll talk about the discrimination issue I, in a moment. I get that you know we we've made weddings accessible to to homosexual couples because we want them to have access to other things that come with marriage tax breaks or mm-hmm. things like that. Um, I'm not, I, I understand that. I wish there was a different way than making it be a wedding to yeah. give those same rights because I, I don't want to deny them the rights or the resources or any of those things. Yeah. It's just what a Christian wedding means biblically, mm-hmm. I think is so significant. And that's where a lot of times, again, a disconnect comes. Yeah. And all of a sudden it feels like the Christian community is attacking the gay community or, or vice versa, mm-hmm. you know, um, those kinds of things. I, I do think another thing is Christian couples, like you said, need to be better at demonstrating what Christian weddings and marriage look like. Yeah. How many Christian, Christian, mm-hmm. I'm using quotations. Air, quotes, air yeah. quotes, Not going through the microphone, but they're <laughs> there. I see them. How many Christian <laughs> weddings um, don't seem Christian at all? Yeah. They just seem like gaudy, ostentatious, Five to 10 overpriced. Minutes straight to the reception. Yeah. Bar-like. Open bar. Yeah. It's just a huge party yeah. and I'm not against the party. Yeah. I'm against I'm again celebrating the worldly aspects of marriage instead mm-hmm. of some of the spiritual aspects. So yeah. we could do a better job of having actual Christian weddings yeah. and then actually living out Christian marriage is a little better too. Yeah. I think that's Ephesians 5 to a key. I mean, yeah. Paul says
0: it's, a mystery, for sure. Right? that yeah. that man and that man and woman come together. It's a mystery, yeah, uh, because it is so valuable. It's a image and a depiction of God's love for humanity, yeah. Um, and I and I love that challenge that you just get you gave, and that's something that I hold dear to my heart. Is I want my marriage to accurately reflect, accurately reflect Jesus. Yep. And I think as Christian couples, that's something that we need to, to do and get better at as well. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. And I think maybe a big a big factor in this is what is the relationship? You know, as you're praying through those things, is it a Christian wedding? Yeah. Do they know my convictions? All those kinds of things. The relationship makes a difference. If it's your child yeah, and you're wanting a lifelong relationship, yeah, I, again, I think you do need to communicate your convictions, but I also think you that would be an important place to say, and I have these convictions, but I love you and yeah. I don't want to do anything to damage the relationship God's given me with yeah. you. If it's, you know, a, a distant coworker, a peripheral relationship mm-hmm. or something like that, then you might say, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to just, I'm not going to frivolously participate in this. Yeah. Yep. It's a serious thing mm-hmm. and I'm going to treat it as such but i think a biblical case can be made for both sides i think you can you can make a case for both sides
0: yeah and so that kind of leads us to our uh circling back to one of the questions that we we kind of uh unpacked a little bit on sunday and uh just want to kind of give you another chance to um, you know circle back on some of the thoughts on the question was there's been legislation court cases seeking to provide the lgbtq community with better anti-discrimination protection can you speak to the issues of discrimination specifically against sexual orientation? Evangelicals seem to be okay supporting gender and age protection, but we become quite vocal when LGBTQ wants to seek protection. Yeah. And, and to kind of recap what you said there, you know, on Sunday was that, you know, that they're, you know, really that, you know, this is a, a real issue, you know, as we as we work through this. Yeah. And um, you know, the, the words and the definitions are constantly. Yep. under attack and being shifted and yep. you know maybe just add a little more thought to that you know as um you see this you know anti-discrimination in this this area
1: yeah it's a hard thing and i want to first say like yeah I, I and i said this on sunday i think um christians have failed to represent the love of jesus mm. consistently yeah. to the lgbtq communities yeah um I don't think we've always been loving, and sometimes that's been intentional. Sometimes there are some very shameful extremists mm. yeah. that do things in the name of Christ that none of the majority throughout all, of, throughout all of history, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, you, know, yeah, yeah. You, can, you can go back throughout Exactly, all of history, it's and horrible, yeah. and and I, I just, you know, I personally feel comfortable saying, man, I'm sorry if that's been your experience of yeah. Christians. Yeah. I also want to say I think a lot of times when it comes to the the legislation and the the voting and the some of the politics side of it. Christians most of the time really are working for what they believe is best. Mm-hmm. Because I would want my my friends in the gay community to understand this. I would never want to limit love for them mm-hmm. or limit um, benefits for them in society. But I do believe that pursuing a homosexual relationship is actually limiting the flourishing that God has in mind for them.
0: Yeah.
1: So sometimes people have, have genuinely thought it's loving. The problem is that outside of relationship, it doesn't sound loving, yeah. does it? Yep. It's just, if you don't have <laughs> a box relationship to check or, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so a lot of times this gets reduced to a political agenda rather than an understanding of two different paradigms of human experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there are ways for us to advocate for for beliefs and values while still valuing the people that disagree with us and and that's that's important. We talked about dialogue on yep. Sunday. We have to get better at listening and sharing what we believe without getting offended. Yep. We have to get better at at loving the people that we disagree with and that disagree with us. Um, We have to get better at understanding the biblical sexual ethic and not just kind of defending a way of life or a Mm -hmm. conservative agenda. I I get where some of those things come from, but too often they've been disconnected from God's heart behind his word. And, um, and I think that's a, that's a major problem. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I want people to understand that, a lot of times this has come out of Christians thinking they know best yep. for other people but not communicating why they think that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then you, you mentioned the different terminology. We do need to be careful about what is term discrimination. Yeah. If we are trying to limit um, access to resources or other basic human rights uh, for the LGBTQ community or anybody else, uh, you know, even the, the racism conversation, I think this applies. That that is discrimination. Like mm-hmm. that's that's not something Christians are called to do. Yeah. Um, that's actually a control tactic, mm-hmm. right? Saying we think we know best and we're gonna make you do yeah. what we think is yeah. best. We're
0: gonna we're gonna limit you, we're gonna break you, we're gonna, you know, yeah. force this upon you by by taking away, you know, things
1: that you deserve. Which yeah. is not what God has done with us, no. right? God has <laughs> tried to guide us in history, yeah. God has often disciplined us in yeah. history with consequences for negative choices. Mm-hmm. But but God lets us make choices, either to follow Him, follow His word, follow His will, or reject it. And I think we have to be a little more okay with our society doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing is, on the other side of it, saying that you disagree. There's a lot of talk about um, whether you know whether it's hate speech or um, even our opinions really making people feel unsafe or feel unloved. And I I, I don't think that that should be termed discrimination, yeah. though though it is. And it, again, we're in a nation where we value free speech for a reason. Yep. Um, unfortunately, that has not always meant that that free speech has been used in loving ways. Mm-hmm. We do need to be careful of that. But I think Christians need to, should, and and in loving ways have to be able to communicate what we believe and why we believe it and how it may differ from whether it's the lgbtq community's Mm -hmm. perspective or other agendas in our nation um that we have to do that in healthy ways and and i don't think that the whole disagreement thing should be termed discrimination and i see that happening and that's leading our nation as a whole to a dangerous place not just christian communities or lgbtq communities so yeah
0: And and i think going back to just what we can do personally because a lot of times I feel like I get lumped in, yep. you know, as a yep. you know evangelical Christian or yes. wh- whatever the, yeah, the yeah, term yeah. is to describe it, somebody who goes, oh, you know, yes. a white male that goes to church on a Sunday, you know, like what, you know, I I feel like that that like you talked about Sunday it causes some rage and some fury in me because it's like yeah. that's not me. I don't think that way. I want to. I want to So I think for me personally and for us, and maybe for you listening, that's our, our responsibility is for us. Mm-hmm and to become more and more like Jesus. Yeah. Like that's, that is our responsibility. And when, as I get closer to, to Jesus, as my devotion for him grows and I, I, I get closer, I get to know him better. He becomes to be reflected in my life. Mm-hmm. And I love people who are different than me. Yeah. I love the people the world looks at as, you know, different or unlovely or unlovable. Sure. And that's the example that Jesus gives us. And
1: yeah. Yeah. You know, we need to just get a lot better at loving mm-hmm. and a lot better at communicating truth. Yep. We've often done neither and tried to like salvage a political agenda or a certain mode of conservative Americanism. And I, I don't think that those things have, I think those things have been uh, cheap replacements for the kingdom lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And we have to be careful of that we have to be hard on ourselves about that. Yeah. Right. So, and, and this is the whole us, them language. Yeah. Like we need to stop saying us and them. It's not us and them. It's us and us. Yeah. It's like, like you keep saying, we're all broken people. Mm-hmm. It's us. Yep. It's us and us. It's broken us and broken us. And how do we follow Jesus well? How do we, how do we lead people to Jesus well? Um, how do we represent him well? And I, I just yeah. I think we've, that's the challenge of the church in, in our generation is to get back to that.
0: Yeah. One of the, the phrases I've been saying to my wife is, I'm just frustrated at humanity yeah I'm frustrated at humanity because one I'm, I'm one of them yep and i'm frustrated at, at other humans and myself you know it's yeah. this, this, this constant struggle and just thing in my life because i see the brokenness i see mm-hmm. that we're all broken in a variety of ways various yeah. degrees, and various degrees we're just broken and so um you know just great conversation on that i encourage you if you if you want to have some more conversation on this you know like like we said we're we're available and um you yep. know our heart is to see people flourish people be well like jesus yeah and um show him to the world
1: yeah and i want people to be politically active but i don't want that to be their dominant form of activity religion right that shouldn't be the kingdom that you live and die by right we live and die for the kingdom of god yeah and uh all other kingdoms will fall right all other political agendas will and should fall Mm -hmm. in their appropriate time and season and history um but the agenda of jesus is to draw people to himself yeah and we want to be behind that agenda
0: yeah i love that uh, kind of moving to our, our we had a, a two uh, some singleness question. And uh, the first, the question is, if singleness should be highly valued in the church, which, you know, just going back and pause right there. Uh, I really enjoyed your message on singleness. Mm. Um, got great respo- responses and feedback from our, our campus in ording, And uh, it was a very great message. If you haven't heard that one, I've, I've never heard a message preached on that mm. in church. And so go listen to that one. It's on uh, YouTube. You can go check that out. But uh, the question is, if if singleness should be valued, highly valued in the church, why do churches have a difficulty, have difficulty hiring single individuals to lead specific ministries? And uh, that question sounds like it's coming from somebody who might have experienced this. Yeah. And, um, you know, just take a a few moments here just to unpack that.
1: Yeah. And I want to say not that's not the case in every church. You know, that's not the case. But it is the case in some churches. And sometimes it's not for good reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, it, you know, at times there have been prejudices against single adults, uh, particularly in the Protestant church. You know, uh, I think if you look, you know, your church history a little bit. Um, there was a season in Catholic history where married couples were kind of second place to single individuals. Yeah. You couldn't really be giving your life to, to the kingdom completely unless you were single. Yeah, And that was one of the things that in the Protestant Reformation... Um, Protestants really hammered on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Martin Luther really hammered on that. Mm-hmm. Um, they celebrated marriage, and appropriately, so they were trying to balance out some yeah. some discrepancies there. But sometimes the pendulum swings too as, far the as other direction. yeah? We are we are very um, uh,
0: pretty, you know want to move to the polls really quickly. Yeah, and, yeah, know. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, uh, sometimes that has happened in the Protestant Church. We have kind of seen. Married couples as more spiritually mature. Now, I will say this: um, single people, you know, you do need to pursue intimacy with Jesus. It's relationship with Jesus that makes us more mature, and that's what churches should be looking for in hiring a spiritually mature people, examples Mm -hmm. of the kingdom that others can follow. Um, But uh, you know, I think that's a, a, a reality. I think the other thing is there are some roles in churches. Uh, for instance, like youth or children's ministry, where a lot of times um, seeing healthy relational dynamics between a male and female, often in a married couple in the leadership, yeah. has been seen as a positive. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are other ministries that I think flourish because of single single people leading. That I've seen I've seen a lot of that, and yeah. so you know it's just a tough thing. I would just say don't give up hope. Pray for the right opportunities. Demonstrate, pursue, and demonstrate spiritual maturity, and get involved. Yeah, I think the number one thing I see mm-hmm. church leadership comes from people who serve and grow in in the church. Yeah, right. And I I just where I've been, leadership is often recognized uh, before it's hired or before it's chosen. And yep. so being someone who almost is undeniably mm-hmm. a quality contributor in the church is going to be your best chance, um, single or married.
0: Yep. Yeah. I, th- I think, you know, just to, to tag on that, you know, it's one of the things that we can carry into any job, any circumstance, any situation, any ministry opportunity is our integrity. Yep. And, um, whether you're single, married or not, I think that's one thing that we need to protect and guard is, 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 is our integrity and make sure that that is intact as we yeah. interact with others. And, um, I think that that's seen it's something that I value I yep. know you value absolutely Um, you know in ministry as well yeah it's good yeah uh kind of moving to our our parenting section here uh to kind of finish out we we talked about a question uh in one of the services uh we we answered it but i wanted us to answer it here again um the question was is it appropriate to to adopt foster children as a single person it's kind of a, a question for between the both of those two subsections
1: yeah yeah, and I, we kind of just gave it a resounding yes in the service that we talked about it. Largely James because of James one twenty seven which says, Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. He's not talking just to married people there. He's mm-hmm. talking about like kids deserve being cared for. Yeah. And um, a lot of times God is restoring broken situations and making them as good as they ever could have been. And I think sometimes using a single parent to care for an orphan child, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, um, I've known a few single friends who have been incredible foster and adopt parents. They wanted to That's be cool. married. That part didn't work out, but they got in the game, they got trained, they got mm-hmm. equipped and they're amazing foster parents. Awesome. And that kid's life that. is better because of it. Yeah. So I think it's, it's, it's a huge positive. I do. My heart goes out to single parents. Yep. Cause it's, it's a, it's a hard, it's a hard thing. Mm-hmm. And um, we need to care for our single parents, you know, whether they're adoptive or, or biological or any of those things. So, yeah,
0: yeah. definitely. You know, and our, our last question here is uh, in the latter part of the, of the verse in Hosea four, six, uh, it says, uh, seeing thou hast forgotten the law of God. I will also forget thy children. Does that mean that some children will go to hell? Question mark.
1: Yeah. So you got some, some King James Mm -hmm. there. So, um, you know, and, and you got to understand the minor prophets like Hosea, they're kind of God's final call to the nation of Israel, to the, to the nation of Judah saying like, you got to get something straightened out. You're ruining everything that Mm -hmm. I blessed you with. And a lot of times in the old Testament, God's saying, you know, you're sinning and your children are going to get punished because of it. He's talking about the natural results of sin that they don't just affect you. Yeah. And as a parent, we our children inherit a lot of what we give to them, yeah. right? They inherit personality traits. Yeah. They inherit good habits and bad habits. And they inherit some things spiritually mm-hmm. Um, often they inherit the idols that we hand down to them yeah, right? in, our, in our
0: house. Sometimes I tell Danielle, you know, that's, that's your kid. When my kid does something that's a little silly <laughs> off the wall and yeah. she does the same thing to me, and I'm, well, that's your son, you know, Yeah, <laughs> you know, we joke about it, but it's so true that we see ourselves, we see, uh, you know, our failures and our faults yes. a lot of times acted out and yes. unfortunately perpetuated in our, our kids.
1: Yeah. So that, that scripture is really speaking to the fact that when we reject God and his ways, mm. It will have enormous impact on our children. Yeah. Um, because elsewhere, like in Ezekiel, God says, "You know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not making a child pay interest on their parents' sins. He's like everybody's going to get the consequence of their own sin. Yeah. Because people were misunderstanding what he had talked about, right? Yeah. And He's correcting that. Mm-hmm. So this is talking about that. Um. And and I would just say we need to be aware of our, however, our, our choices affect other people and affect us and the ones we love long after we make the choices. Yeah. And if we could be a little bit more forward thinking mm-hmm. in our life decisions, we probably would be happier with those decisions and those that follow us would be happier. Yeah. Our culture is in a very short sighted season where we think like, I want to be happy right now and I'm willing to mortgage the future yeah. um, in order to be happy right now. And that that's just not a good way to live. Yeah. So I think that's a lot of what what it's talking about there.
0: Yeah. And you know I I think we've you know gone through majority of the questions that came in like we mentioned. There's a few that we didn't. And so if if your question wasn't answered, please reach out to us. Let us know if you want to sit down. We'd love to have coffee with you. Um. And and just continue these conversations. And you know, kind of reiterating our encouragement to everyone, keep having conversation. You know, yep. if you're struggling in sexual sin, get in a, a group. Get in a place where you can find accountability. And um. Don't live in shame. Yeah. Don't live in fear. Don't stay isolated. Uh, all of those things are deadly. Absolutely. Know, to our, our journeys with with Jesus. And our last question is this: It says, "Will there be a? Will there be other tough issues and questions sermon series?" Yes.
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I think I think definitely um, not just on these types of topics, but yeah. all sorts of things. I think we'll do a Q and A again. Yeah. Don't you, Darren? Yeah. I feel like that has been good and. Mm -hmm. and edifying building people up i mean what we don't want to do is turn sunday morning into a a talk show (laughs) or um just answering late night uh, you know pet questions yeah (laughs) Yeah, i I I think we have a show option there for (laughs) sure there you go (laughs) yeah i I don't know how long people our viewership would last but um you know i I think we would i think we definitely will i I hope that people understand the value of talking about these things like you said i hope I mean, that's a big goal of growth groups is that we don't just like hear a sermon and go away and be like, oh, you know, I'll give it a B plus (laughs) that we go away and and we talk about like, how does God's word apply to me personally? Yep. Um, And even with this relationships thing, I hope that that we as a church get the value of what comes so natural. We are relational people, right? We are naturally relational. And to understand that God has incredible beauty and purpose behind all of these relational dynamics. Yep. And that he's given us he's given us standards and paradigms of how to express those relationships. Yeah. He's also given us some boundaries that we shouldn't cross in those relationships. Yeah. And to me, that just adds so much value to some of the things that I, I feel or desire in life. And it also gives me some healthy uh, structures in which to pursue them. Yeah. You know, some things I shouldn't do, some things I can do. Um, and just says, hey, this is worth it. This is worth it. Mm-hmm. You know, investing in my marriage actually has spiritual implications. Yeah. Uh, investing in my kids has spiritual implications. Uh, encouraging my friends who are single has spiritual implications, yeah. right? That all of these things, the sexuality and gender issues that we watch in our society, that we need to cultivate a biblical understanding of with our kids. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we need to understand these things. And even more so, as our culture breaks down in these areas... We need to be encouraging witnesses of the fact that God has a plan for these relational yeah. desires and motives in our heart. And we can walk in his ways and experience his blessing as a result. Yeah.
0: So good. Um definitely have enjoyed my my me personally that have enjoyed just
1: talking with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Sam.
0: Sharing the the stage with you and sharing the microphone. And um I look forward to doing this again for sure.
1: Yeah, we got a good thing going. So Next time they let us, we'll do it again. We got to talk they, the other they, the they teaching team, oh, man. Okay. We got to right. get their vote again, you know. So, um, <laughs> right. yeah. but yeah, we appreciate you, Sound Life Church. Love you, and uh, Darren. Why don't you Why don't you say a prayer over all this and lead yeah. us out? Love to God. I thank you for today, just
0: uh, for this opportunity to or talk. God to uh, be in relationship. Lord to wrestle with the difficult things of life. God, yes. uh, we know that we as humans are broken. We know that we have our uh, our issues, God, and you've been and you've always been about repairing and redeeming broken yes. humanity. God, thank you for that. And so, Lord, as we go, as uh, we continue to process, uh, bring people into our lives that we could uh, love on. Bring people into our lives that we could uh, journey with, and that yes. we could walk through uh, things like this with. And uh, Lord, that we would not fall into isolation or into the shame, but Lord, that we would live a life that is reflecting you, God, authentically. And um, Lord, that we would just see your kingdom come here,
1: God, but in our relationships. We thank you in your name. Amen. Amen.